0: You know where you
1: are! This is Appetite for Distortion. Appetite for Distortion. My name is Brando, episode number 398. Welcome, Miss Nita Strauss. How are you?
0: 398? I love that. I'm so close to being lucky number 400.
1: <laughs> I, I can't believe I've done 400 of these things. It's just, it started off as a whim because I'm in radio and I just thought this was a side kind of hobby, but. Never in my radio life career do I have an opportunity like this to talk to someone like you, Nita, so, yeah. Oh, well,
0: that's crazy, (laughs) because I talk to radio all the time, so anytime you want me for the actual radio, too, just call us up. We'll come on the station anytime you want.
1: No, I appreciate it. When I say actual radio, I've lived up. It's funny, because I wanted to start this off by asking about your life. But, uh, well, well, just briefly, I've been in radio for like 20 years. I've been on classic rock stations. I've been on stations that have on uh, Nights with Alice Cooper. I know you did a recent interview nice. with Alice Cooper. And actually, a very brief, quick, funny story is that my first on air shift was canceled and replaced by Nights with Alice Cooper. I was like the Saturday Night guy. And then I was replaced oh, wow. by uh, Syndicated Nights with Alice Cooper. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> All these years oh, well,
0: that Alice Cooper, you'll get what's coming to him.
1: I, it was fun because I it was lucky enough to interview him as well a couple years ago. And I told him that story, not like he would remember. But it was just one of those serendipitous, it's just like how funny life is. And you know what? Maybe this is a good segue to talk to you because, you know, as you're outside in beautiful L.A., where are you?
0: Yes, I'm
1: okay. in LA. Okay, so I'm, I'm a total northeast fiend. One of these days, out of all the bands I talk to, you would think I would know LA, and I've been there. I have a brother mm-hmm. that's out there, some family, but that's about it. One of these days, so
0: you gotta come out. It's perfect time.
1: I, I, I will. I will. I. I Again, one of these days. Uh, after <laughs> making this too much about myself at the beginning, uh, my wife and I are having a baby, and believe me, we're gonna make
0: congratulations.
1: Thank you. We're gonna tr- travel everywhere with the guy once he's uh once he's ready. But love that. One of the reasons I'm going to talk to you today is because I love the way that your career has what it is now, where it's going. And You're still so young. You're a couple years younger than me. I'm gonna be 40, but in September. Sorry, it's like. It's, it's a number that's creeping up and I just never thought it would be here
0: episode 400 40th birthday it's a very it's a very serendipitous number for you
1: maybe I do too many episodes to wait that long for it to be they hit, <laughs> hit, hit just right uh, but I would love to know as someone from LA and how you've Managed to build this career for yourself with um, Iron Maiden starting off there. Then, of course, with Alice Cooper and, and Demi Lovato going back to Alice. And, of course, we're going to talk about the new single and what you can about the upcoming album. Point being, can you tell me about Lita, Little Nita? Like, what was she into? Did you always know you would be this on this path, this guitar path? Which I don't even know if I can r- label rock because you're expanding your palette. So, anyway, enough of me. Yeah. Well, I want to hear from you.
0: (laughs) Uh, Well, I think it is all rock. You know, like uh, I did a lot more gigs outside the rock world in my early career than than now. You know, even a tour like the Demi Tour, it was a very rock kind of show. Um, But yeah, I started playing guitar when I was 13, um, born and raised here in L.A. My mom was a a dancer and a model. My dad was a professional touring musician. Um, so when I started playing guitar at 13, I really just fell in love with the instrument and with you know performing and playing shows, and I I knew that that was what I wanted to do pretty much from when I picked up the guitar. And so I didn't start super young, so of course I did all the the normal kid stuff. Uh, I was really into ballet and gymnastics growing up, and I thought that was going to be my career path okay. as a kid. But it all took a sideways turn when I started playing guitar.
1: Okay, that's cool. My wife is a a dance teacher for little kids. Nice. So in another life, she she teaches you. Uh,
0: Yes. Well, funny, talk about another life. My mom and Cheryl Cooper, Alice Cooper's wife, actually were in dance class together in the 60s.
1: Look at that. That's funny.
0: Yeah. Uh, I guess it would have been like maybe in the, maybe actually probably in the 70s. I'm probably dating my mom inaccurately when I said that. I think it was probably <laughs> in the, the early 70s. Um, but yeah, they were literally in the same room in the same class. They didn't know each other, but they were in the same dance studio with the same teachers.
1: Oh, very cool. So then before, yeah. though, you picked up the guitar and your life changed, you know, other than dancing, what kind of music were you into then? Did you Did you like rock music and guitar-driven rock at that age? Or was it about? Yeah. you know, um, I don't know for me, Muppet Babies and Ninja Turtles was my first concert ever at Radio <laughs> City Music Hall. So, like, what was you what were you listening to first?
0: First of all, that Ninja Turtles as your first show. Like, as an adult, I have a great appreciation for the Ninja Turtles music, <laughs> <laughs> Power Rangers music. Like, I feel like 90s cartoons had such great theme songs. Agreed. But. um in our house, you know it was a really non-traditional household. We didn't have TV, we didn't watch movies. Uh, my sister and I growing up, you know we we grew up with in a Waldorf school which is really focused on arts and uh, music and stuff like that and it's a really small classes small groups. Um, so there wasn't any like cartoons and all that kind of stuff in our house growing up. it was more like classical music, world music. Um, that kind of stuff. So my sister and I still know a lot of uh, arias from different operas and different pieces of music from, you know, up listening to the Nutcracker or Carmen or this or that. So it's, it's an interesting frame of reference to have as a kid. And then you know, getting into the teenagers, learning how to play guitar, and then discovering, like, these amazing theme songs. Like, just my last solo tour, we opened up our show with the Power Rangers theme song. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's never too late in life to get into those great 90s theme songs.
1: I agreed, And uh, one of my brothers told me about my impending son to get him to watch all those 80s and 90s cartoons instead of today's, you know— it's and I, I shouldn't yeah. admit this. I've actually been rewatching the 1987 version of Ninja Turtles. I just I don't know. I, oh my god! I'm getting nostalgic with a kid on the way. I'm like I got to get in kid mode and what I was like. Anyway, uh, again I've. You should I,
0: save it for him. Just watch it, rewatch it with him.
1: Oh, I will. <laughs> it won't be my last time, I'm <laughs> sure. Absolutely. So this is uh, cool to kind of get a, a background because it was funny when I had I had Alice. Cooper, again, like I said a couple years ago, it was 15 minutes just on the phone. Uh, this is pre pandemic, um, so life has obviously changed a lot. But this was, I think he was going on tour with the Hollywood Vampires, and he also had some uh, tour dates solo coming up with you, of course. And he was talking about you, and he mentioned, he's like, she's like a, a Victoria's Secret model who is like the best guitar player ever. Uh,
0: oh, was that quote from your show? That that one haunted me for a
1: while. Okay, so I want to know, because obviously <laughs> I wanted to give a background, because you're obviously so much more, not that there's anything wrong with being a Victoria's Secret model, but, I mean, you have no, no. so much background and education. So, I didn't know that. Sorry for that clickbait. I didn't mean for that to Oh,
0: happen. no, it's not, it's <laughs> not you. was one thing about Coop that I love. He's like a clickbait machine. You know, he has, he's always with the witty quotes and stuff, and, like, but, yeah, when, when that headline hit, uh, Nita Strauss looks like a Victoria's Secret model and plays guitar like Eddie Van Halen. There you Then go. the pitchforks come out and they go, she played, she's nothing compared to Eddie Van Halen. She's nothing compared to a real Victoria's Secret model. And I was like, ah!
1: <laughs> oh, my God. That has, it's <laughs> To take that literally, anyway, and then also the other level of to defend... Like you against any of those things, or a, a, a defend a model or Eddie Van Halen against you. It's just such a—it was just such a uh, a passing compliment that shouldn't be taken literally. Totally. Then you have incels. Uh, sorry, we were we, we were having a conversation <laughs> about clickbait before we were recording, so we're both kind of like <laughs> in that mode.
0: I, I'm always on the edge about the clickbait. Um, but you know, one thing I've I've done lately, which has been sort of nice for my mental health. You know, we're going to. Um, you know, I have obviously been under, you know, a bit of a microscope in the last eight months or so, and I've just sort of steered clear, you know, there was a time when I would get into the comment sections and read everything. And, you know, you have this natural human need to defend yourself when you see people saying stuff that you think is inaccurate. And, uh, I've just decided to steer clear of it. I, you know, I kick around on my own social media pages. I actually haven't been on social media all that much lately and, uh, I just feel like if you put too much stock into what people say one way or the other the good way or, or the bad you know you'll so, sort of start to lose sight of where you actually want to go as an artist and who you actually want to be if everyone's telling you like don't say that uh, dress like this don't dress like that make sure you say this make sure you don't talk about that play this kind of music only play your own music only play with someone else like If I listened to all that, I wouldn't even have a clear sense of direction anymore. So for the last few months, I've just kind of like kept my head down, focused on what I wanted to do. And that's been uh, really good for me mentally, I think.
1: That's a winner-take-all attitude. See what I Winner
0: takes all, baby.
1: That's S- what we do. See what you, how the the connection. What I did there, and I appreciate you. So sh- smooth. Thank you. It's the professional in me. It, it comes out sometimes. Uh, I appreciate you sharing that because, yeah, you have been. I guess, lack of a better word, you used a microscope because you you started playing with Demi Lovato, and I don't know if it was a decision to leave, quote unquote. People again taking things literally. Leave Alice Cooper. And obviously you're back now uh, about to go on tour and he's on your single. So it's not like you ever left him. But again, those are just nah. semantics. So uh, I, I, I would just say, I praise you for staying away from that because it does get to me sometimes. And I'm, I'm near, nowhere nearly on your level, but when I see it, I aimed at people like you and other guests I've had on my show. I'm just I want to get defensive, you know. That's why I named this distortion. I want to get through all the bullshit, and hopefully they listen to these interviews and and get uh and get through it. So I guess can you talk about I guess the decision of are you, are you still also with Demi when she's working? Are you are you going to be in both camps? Uh, what's the or <laughs> you don't know what, uh, where your life is going, Nita Strauss? You're just kind of going with the flow. <laughs>
0: Um, so I just got back from D- uh, Dubai with Demi a couple of days ago. Uh, we did her first show of the year, which was an incredible experience, okay. um, you know, especially going to a place like Dubai where, you know, a lot of Demi's songs are about sexuality and, you know, mm-hmm. being full with whoever you are. And that is not an attitude that is shared uh, very widely in Dubai. So to have this safe space, you know, this incredible concert where people could come and feel comfortable and be themselves uh, it was beautiful to be a part of. So I'm I'm very grateful that I got to do that. Uh, if she needs me for anything, I think she's going to be writing and recording a lot this year. I actually saw some pictures of her in the studio with Alice himself, which is pretty cool. I'm glad that that connection got made. Um, so it seems like she's going to be busy writing, recording. And if she winds up doing shows and we don't conflict, I'll definitely do both.
1: And she's somebody else uh, again. Uh, I'm sure they can mirror your sentiments about mental health. She's spoken up about it, and every in the, the comments and just trying to do your own thing. Is that something that you two, as as artists, talk about? Would you talk about that with Demi, or is it strictly music and, and maybe fun movies, you, you know, or, or just friend stuff? Or do you get deep and talk about that kind of, th- you know, those kind of things?
0: We definitely have gotten deep, you know, especially in the recovery themes, you know, because I've been in recovery a long time. She is also very publicly in recovery. Um, and she really connects to that on a level that not a lot of my friends do. You know, I have I have a lot of some friends that don't drink, but not a lot that are like in active recovery. So Demi, you know, here's a, a notable example. When I, I just had knee surgery a few months ago, right. and I saw Demi for the first time when we did a, an acoustic event for the Grammys about six weeks after my surgery. And the first thing that she did, you know, I got to her house, we rehearsed at her house, and you know she gave me a big hug and asked how my surgery went and then you know in total seriousness she looked me in the eye she said how did you do with the pain medicine and i was like oh my god first you know thank you so much for asking because no one asked me that you know it was sort of something that as somebody in recovery i had to deal with you know i had to sort of confront this head on like i'm going to be on pain medication how am i going to feel mm-hmm. and she was the only person to sort of like sincerely ask right out of the gate how did you feel with the pain medicine do you need to talk you know do you need any support you know and that kind of thing so uh, it's a valuable friendship outside of just being on stage. You know, she's, she's lived a lot of life. She has a lot of life experience. Uh, so we have a great time on stage together and I, I do definitely consider her a real friend off stage as well.
1: Very cool. I often talk about mental health in this podcast. It's seven years without alcohol, uh, for me.
0: Congratulations. Seven that, for me as well.
1: Oh, awesome. Look at that. We're on, we're on the level here. We're on the level. So that's, that's we're very, on
0: the wavelength.
1: We got to we got to talk about it and something it's always what drawn me what drew me to rock to begin with i mean i know this subject we've spoken about in a lot of different genres and of course with demi well she has gone more rock i don't know if, genre <laughs> we talk about um fluidity and gender fluid there should be like music fluidity at this point and, and not, <laughs> not, not gatekeepers yes. does it matter so i guess maybe that's a, a question though you go from this uh or balance it. You're not really leaving, again, one or the other. You have this icon in Alice Cooper, this rock and roll icon, and you're seeing uh, uh, millions of people, usually just middle-aged guys like myself. Uh, I know it's more diverse than that. And then you have a Demi Lovato concert, which I'm sure is not that, maybe a little bit more teenagery. Is it? Is that a mindfuck to you, or is it? do you approach it the same, just you're there to do a job, or is it just, I'm here to play for these oh, classic rock dudes, and then I'm going to play for these cool Demi Lovato fans. Like, am I I overthinking this, as usual?
0: Yeah, no, I do the same show, honestly. Like, if you see me play with my solo band, you see me play with Demi, or you see me play at a Rams game or an Alice show or whatever, like, you're always going to get me. I'm at a a lucky, very, very lucky point in my career where people hire me because they like what I do. So I don't really change my show at all for who I'm playing with. You know, if there's ever... A point where they say, you know, a uh, let's call it a client, you know, somebody that I'm playing guitar for says, hey, you know, dial back on the hair flipping or, you know, not so many pinch harmonics or whatever. Like I can I can follow those kind of directions. But uh, by and large, I find that people. People hire me because they want me, you know, so I, I do the exact same show no matter who I'm playing with.
1: Right on. Again, another winner takes all attitude. (laughs) So tell me about the song that, of course, that features Alice Cooper, very anthemic. How did it come together? Was it as natural as it sounds as it appears to be since you've been working with Alice for so long? Or is it a little different in the studio?
0: So um, I knew that I wanted to do something with Alice on this record. You know, we sort of have this approach where we have a lot of guests on the upcoming record. There are some instrumental songs like my first record as well, but it's a lot of guests. And I thought, how cool would it be? You know, we all kind of put our heads together and thought, how cool would it be to showcase Alice's voice on a sort of very modern sort of active rock, heavy active rock kind of track? Because everything Mm -hmm. he does is sort of like in that more classic Rock kind of being. Even the new music that's you know that he's come out with in the last few years has had that classic Alice sound. And I thought, well, since you know we're not going to get an al- a song like this from Alice himself, like let's bring a song to him. Mm. Let's make something for him. Um, so my first call was to Tommy Henriksen, who does a lot of the writing for the Alice Project and the Hollywood Vampires Project. And I said, what key does he like to sing in? Like what what's his vibe? And Tommy gave me some options. And so we ended up dropping to a seven string and wrote this really mean, heavy riff, you know, like very driving, very like, you know, get in your car and put the pedal all the way down and speed down the highway, you know. And um, between Tommy and myself, uh, you know, we wrote the, the melody and the lyrics and sent it off to Alice and he loved it. Um, and he loved it so much. And we sent it to him in Phoenix, he's like, cool i'm gonna go and record i think he recorded it in his studio in phoenix the next day or like within a day or two nice uh with how fast it happened um and from there we were off to the races uh the plan actually was not to release the song until the tour we thought maybe we could just like drop the song and show up on stage on the first the same day kind (laughs) of like old school wrestlemania like yeah yeah um but then, you know, between his schedule and my release schedule and all the, the label politics and all that, you know, the decision came down to put it out early, help promote the song, promote the tour and all that good stuff. So it all worked out for the best uh, song had a super strong first week, which is amazing. Um, Alice sounds like a rock star as always. And uh, yeah, I feel like it just went great.
1: Great song. Absolutely great song. Is there going to be a great video to accompany it uh, come along as well or no?
0: unfortunately not um i just weren't able to make it happen this time uh when we were getting ready for the song i was actually still recovering from knee surgery i wasn't able to walk yet so we tossed around the idea of maybe having me like sit in a fancy chair or something and you know do it like that but uh at the end of the day we just decided to release the song and the visualizer and um sort of shift our focus visually towards uh the next single which is coming out sooner than you may know
1: okay so With that, and I've learned from my mistake, I told you off air and I was gonna tell you on there with Matt Sorum that, and no fault of his own, he just kind of mentioned that Grand Prix thing that he was doing a couple weeks early and I had to pull the episode. So what can you say? Make sure you can say it. Uh, And (laughs) if you can say, you know, if it's no comment, mum's the word, I understand. But what can you talk about, whether it's the next single, the next album, who else we might hear from uh, collaborating with you?
0: Yeah, the upcoming record is going to come out in the summer. We're looking at a June release date, just trying to nail down the actual day that it's going to be, but it'll it'll be in the summer, most likely in June. Um, booking some solo touring as well in the summer to support that. And uh, as far as the next guests, I can't quite say yet, but I will say that uh, some of my favorite vocalists, you guys have already heard, obviously, David Draymond, Elisa Wipa, now Alice, um, and we've got some amazing, hitter store and we've got some topics that we have already covered in this interview um to rant and rage about in the songs as well so i'm excited to sort of have these these next tracks come out to the public and have you guys be able to rock out at concerts
1: awesome and it's the kind of album i look forward to because yeah it's awesome to listen to you with alice and and with demi as well but to have your own thing and it's kind of like and here's the connection with the the podcast it's like with Slash with his first solo record. Obviously I enjoyed his work with GNR uh, Velvet Revolver when he's in a band but when he had his own thing, his own vision and he has the, on these guest singers, I think that's really cool and the fact that you're also doing instrumental on it as well and I guess that also lends to another question When because I'm not a musician like let's just say for the solo for the, the singer, winner takes all how does that happen? You know, how does that come about? You know, is that are you? I'm gonna sound so not cool. Are you noodling for a while and you're like, I like this part, or did you have a certain? You hear it when you're dreaming, like Keith Richards. How does that? How does a solo usually come about?
0: Oh my god! If that happened, that would be so convenient.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I would love to just wake up and have my solos written. Uh, unfortunately for me, it's it's not quite that easy. Um, But I do tend to just improvise for a while like I will put on whatever I'm soloing over and just sort of start somewhere and just loop it over and over again and then I'll eventually start repeating bits that I like and I like I like this beginning and I like this end and I like this high point in the middle Uh, and I just sort of have it come together pretty organically like that.
1: Okay. All right. Very cool. And and hopefully, I'll get to ask Slash that question one day. But in the meanwhile, that was my see. Some transitions are are, are good. That was a bad transition. So I I have a. a... I
0: will say that uh, just simply to add to that, um, the Slash album, of course, was a a big influence on us deciding to do this record like this. You know, because he had such an amazing album. You know, working with so many different guests, and um, you know, my first record was all instrumental, and I feel like I would have been happy just doing another instrumental record and then another one after that but I'm so excited that we got to you know have this record the way it is and have some incredible guests on it because it's allowing me it's opening so many new doors yeah. you know being on the radio and getting to do podcasts like yours and Uh, Just reaching a whole new audience that might not have been interested in instrumental shred, but are interested in a more conventional song with a singer that they like. So it's it's been a cool move. And I'm excited that Slash kind of pioneered that vibe.
1: Yeah, I I think so, too, because it's uh, you might think um, I think growing up, I wasn't into the orchestral thing and just like, okay, I need this this singer. But I've learned to grow to appreciate it. And again, when you have the mix like yours, again, it gives a it's like what you do with Alice Cooper. You're not going to get that song on an Alice Cooper record, but you're going to get it Definitely on, on a an Anita Strauss <laughs> record. And I think that's, that's a special thing. Uh, so with this podcast, Distortion, Apple Type of Distortion, it's a like Guns N' Roses theme, Six Degrees of GNR Bacon. So we found that you're influenced by that first solo, uh, solo record by Slash. Any other connections you have? Have you met any of the guys? Have you met Slash? Uh, been to concerts? Anything that you may know uh, your connections or love for GNR, or you might hate them. Who, who knows? I don't even, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Nobody hates GNR.
0: I, I know, I know. I mean, I guess people do. I don't, I certainly don't hate them. Um, I have played the flash actually, um, at a benefit that Alice was having. Alice has a charity in Phoenix called Alice Cooper solid rock, which is a teen center that benefits, uh, all teens ages 12 to 20 and gives them a safe space to be after school with music lessons and, stuff like that uh so we did a charity event and i got to perform with slash that day and it was an amazing experience he obviously is such an incredible player getting to sort of stand next to him on stage and trade some solos together uh and then at the end you know we're like getting off stage and i just gave him a quick like one arm hug and i said hey slash you know thank you very much that was great and uh in my brain i was thinking like I was a young guitar player and you were a big influence and, you know, like, I spent so many years trying to figure out your lyrics and and instead all I said was like, hey, son of a great, thanks. And he was like, yeah, play great, thanks. And I was like, no big deal. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> like, um, So it's like those moments, like I played it cool, maybe like a bit too cool and if I have the chance again, maybe I'll tell him, you know, the same thing that everybody else tells him, which is what an influence he was and how much he, change the face of music as we know it and uh, all that good stuff. And then uh, another time, actually, the only time I got to see Guns N' Roses, we actually were opening for them. Uh, Alice opened for Guns N' Roses in Sao Paulo. Mm. And it was by far one of the most incredible shows of my life. You know, the Brazilian fans are amazing. Brazil is possibly my favorite place to play in the world just because the fans are so incredible. Mm. Um, And being there, you know, in a soccer stadium with a GNR crowd, you know, and getting to watch them from the side of the stage was just a transcendent, amazing experience.
1: That's cool. Uh, something I do uh, is interview Guns N' Roses fans from around the world, uh, usually when the tour is going on and get their perspective and I've interviewed Brazilian fans and wow they are a passionate bunch I think that's a
0: passionate
1: yeah it's a, it's a bucket list thing to see a Guns N' Roses uh, show in Brazil and you you did it so oh, yeah. <laughs> you're living the life in, in many ways you
0: should go I highly 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 recommend just take a trip go to Rio go to the beach have some you know incredible brazilian food and go see a, a show there totally gotcha. worth
1: it gosh gotcha. i gotta go to brazil gotta go to los angeles i got a lot of places to, to visit got
0: some traveling to do. I do and by the way we were talking about cats off air a stray cat just showed up in my yard right huh. as we were as i was talking about that hi kitty
1: Okay. I I always tell my wife, tell me if you see any cats in your way to work. I have a problem.
0: Oh yeah. Well, I see a cat <laughs> <case> your
1: <laughs> I do. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh just one last question because I'm sure you, you're you're busy uh today. Uh because I'm also a wrestling fan, I know you're in, into wrestling as well. Uh any chance we'll ever get to see you in the ring?
0: I would love that. Um I would absolutely love to do it. You know, there was there was some chatter about it. Uh, Pre COVID, about going down. I've actually been to the PC before and uh, didn't do a full on workout, but I did get to jump off the ropes into the like foam pit. So that was cool. now that I'm recovering from oh, the knee surgery, yeah. I think it's less likely. Um, yeah. Never say never, um, but it's it's entirely possible someday. I know I would have a great time. We have a great relationship with them. Couldn't be more excited for Mania this weekend. Like, of course, I've, I've played at WrestleMania. I've played at NXT Takeover. Uh, you know, done a lot of stuff with WWE over the years. So, never say never. Hopefully, I get to smash a guitar over someone's head
1: sometime. (laughs) I was talking
0: to uh, to Tommy Dreamer about that on Busted Open, and he said, "I think I'm the only wrestler that has been hit with an acoustic guitar and an electric guitar."
1: (laughs) Okay, I love that. So you got to think, you got to think something else. You got a double bass guitar. You got to you know think, you got to up the ante.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'll have to think of something, a double neck or something, but I feel like that would hurt. (laughs) Like, you know, if I did it with one of my signature guitars, like my signature guitars are really light. They only weighed six and a half pounds or so. So, how bad I mean it would hurt but I think he'd be alright you know you smack <laughs> someone with one of those big like you know Jimmy Page double neck with the 12 string that's that's gonna do some damage I don't think I don't think Dreamer would like me after that
1: okay we're starting the storyline here just uh, for down the road when you know you recover they always come back you're just doing a, a Kevin Nash faking it thing I'm just kidding I'm just kidding
0: exactly exactly <laughs> uh,
1: Nita this was awesome I've wanted to speak with you for quite a long time I'm a fan of yours I love you know like with WWE when I'm a fan of something else and I'm a, fan, I'm a fan of two things and they cross over uh, it's very cool what you're doing and I'm looking forward to see who else is going to be on the upcoming album that's going to be really really it cool it
0: won't be long now let's let's just say that
1: alright sounds good so that does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion when will you see the next one in the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy I don't know if soon is the word but you'll see it yeah!